Hi guys, Stu here. If you could support the podcast by following us wherever you subscribe to your podcast, that would be amazing. If you are enjoying our videos on the YouTube channel, uh, like and subscribe, like the individual videos and subscribe to the channel. Just search for Henry Weston's Old Mate. The continued support helps us to be able to provide more and more content going forward. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Hi everyone, just a quick mention that on oh, when listening back to do the edit, uh, it's apparent that there is a few audio glitches right the way through the podcast. Uh, apologies for this, sometimes you don't pick up on these things until you listen back. Uh, I hope it doesn't interfere with the listening too much. Uh, thanks again. Hello, good evening and welcome back to Henry Weston's Old Mate, the podcast. It is the Warmer CC Diaries again. I am joined by the legend of the pod, Owen. Good evening, Owen. Evening, Stewie and Mature. Nice to be back. Uh, nice to be back, yeah. And we're joined by, well, a bit of a local legend, but unfortunately not a legend in the podcast world because he's the last Milvoy to join us on the pod. Good evening, Stuart Milvoy. Thank you, Stu. Good evening, my virgin appearance tonight. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, well, 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 younger, uh, older brother, sorry, Ali has done. Has he done three cricket pods and he joined me for a football pod as well? So, so it's uh, it's good to have another Millwall on board. Um, we're going to go. <laughs> we're going to call this the end of season grand finale, Owen, aren't we, mate? We're going to go over everything. Uh, hopefully, there'll be more uh, positives than negatives. But uh, have you been well in the time away, Owen? It's been a few weeks since we spoke. All good, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. I'm not sure there'll be anything grand to say, really. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hey, all good. I Went tell to... you what, I've just looked at the quick info stats. If I was you, I'd be feeling grand looking at those runs. Oh, Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. It's, it's it's not about individual though, is it? No one remembers that. No one remembers the, the individual bloke, do they? Well, I I will, Owen. Thanks, Jimmy. All right. So uh, this is going to be a season review for those listening. We're, we're not going to go over individual games. We're not going to go over the last fixtures of the season. Um, what I've got lined up is we're going to offer the three of us are going to offer some quick thoughts to you on our thoughts on the season. Stu Milroy is going to offer us his all-time eleven that he played cricket with. Just to forewarn everyone that Stu Milroy's <laughs> all-time played with eleven has two hundred and twenty-eight Test caps and one hundred and ninety-nine one-day international caps. So he's going to put us all to shame there, Owen. Yeah, have they got points? <laughs> Um, but I just thought uh, we won't kick the pod off with a random question for Stu. I'm for Stu Millwall, that is. I'm going to offer some quick thoughts on the season uh, and then I'll get Owen and uh, Stu to do the same and then we'll move on to some fun, more fun stuff. But my initial thoughts, guys, was that although there wasn't much uh, winning uh, towards the sort of middle and the end of the season, I, I would say... My visits up to Warmer CC, every time I popped up there five or six times this year, it's still got a fantastic buzz about it. Um, there's a lot of positivity still around. Uh, it was brilliant. You know, I was made to feel very welcome on the occasions I popped up there, either on my own or with my daughter and my wife on one occasion. Um, would you concur with that? Oh, there's still a good feel around the club, mate. Yeah, big time. I think 
Warmer always has like I think that's why you like you kind of like fall in love with the beauty of it, don't you? Like your home club, you kind of everyone's a everyone's a club like man and woman. You kind of all chip in, and it does have a nice vibe to it. And then fingers crossed, like we just like it's a very thriving social club. Let's just get the cricket to where it needs to be. And then yeah, when you're winners, you're happy, aren't you? And kind of you get on a roll and people start playing again, but. When when things go down the pan a little bit, things happen, don't they? But like you said, if you can get your culture and environment right at your club, you've got you you've solved ninety percent of the problem. The playing part should be the easy part, really. So yeah, 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 and that's that's great. I mean, uh, Stu, you can come in there on that one. There's there's still that good feel. Maybe maybe the turbo shandies this year were were a little bit less, but still a great feel at the club for you, mate. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the Jager bombs weren't as many as last year or the seasons prior to that, but that's always something for the future. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think, um, you know, we sort of like to think our club is a real big family club, especially now we've got a lot of um, young families coming with children, babies coming and soon to be arriving. And I think it's a really great atmosphere that, you know, everybody can come and... Uh, girlfriends, wives, partners, they can all come and enjoy it. So, yeah, I think it's a really great family atmosphere. That's excellent. Whoever's rustling over there, can they just calm the rustling down? <laughs> I'm, I'm, no. I'm sitting on my bed, to be fair. I'm all good. <laughs> I didn't know I was, but I'll try and stop. That's all right, mate. It's, I think it's on your end, Stu, but don't worry, mate. Um, so just a couple of issues. Well, not issues. Um, obviously, I think we'll probably – everyone will probably mention this um, – Obviously, I follow the social media. I like a little cheeky comment on some of Owen's uh, Owen's Facebook posts. I like to tag Andy Furness in and get his thoughts if I can. Uh, availability has been an interesting one. Um, I don't think we can call anyone out for the what has been. You know, you're, if you're unavailable for a game of cricket because you have something else going on in your life, that is that is just the way it is. But Owen, if I come to you, eh, we've got enough people in the club and obviously they can't all be available. Um, is there an answer to this? Do we need to recruit more players or do you? would it be fair to say that winning breeds availability and perhaps when we're not winning, people are a little less available or is that a bit unfair of me? No, I think you're spot on. I think you hit the nail on the head, didn't it? Like you look back to the years where we started like winning and going on promotion pushes, and suddenly X, Y, and Z are available uh, exponentially more than they they used to used to be. So, but like you said, I think we do need to recruit a core kind of. We need to recruit. We've got the cults, don't we? But we'll come on to availability later, won't we? But by the yeah. end of the season, there was a, the, the last game against Hive Green, which was we finished a weekend earlier than every other club, and. That that week was carnage trying to get eleven players out. I think we had three Colts, a dad, Trev. <laughs> Our captain was on his first day out of isolation and I was captain in a second team. I'm like, how's this happened? Like it's just yeah. But yeah, that's what I mean. We, we have enough bodies, but like you said, like I've missed games of cricket this this summer through availability, through like weddings, stag do's, etc. But and after the we've been let out this summer, but it's just trying to yeah, I don't know. Like, what what are we looking? You got to ask yourself like a question within. I think, and ask yourself as a club, what are you aspiring to be? Like, are, like, 
you get what I mean? So no, exactly. And I think we'll probably get into that a little bit more in depth later. But 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 you make some great points there, O. And if I go on to my next point, I'll get Stu in on this one. Um, Stu, obviously the oldest one in this chat, but not all that much. Yeah. yeah. Um, practice and nets, etc. Stu didn't really didn't really happen much in the senior section. I don't think, obviously, I, I, I'm not a playing member. I, I don't particularly want to be, to be honest, and I never liked netting. But from my point of view, you've got some good youngsters who seem very keen. I'd have thought the netting would have been, I'd have thought you might have had guys up there one or two times a week, Stu, but it just didn't seem to happen this year. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with you, Stu. I mean, I hold my hands up. Um, if I were to do training as well as try and play at the weekend, I would have probably pulled something else and done something bad to myself yeah again but um no i think we need to um instill into all of our players next year to come in and uh, and do training because just trying to bat from or bowl from one week to the next is is it's not going to work you need that to have that fundamental practice every week to to work on your core skills and uh, and do that so yeah we really need to how we can encourage that, I don't know, because I know I mean, there was only sort of three or four core people that would come to the training, wasn't there? And then that's probably waned away a little bit after that. Um, you really need seven or eight minimum from each team if you can. But I mean, oh, with shifts, we have a lot of people on shifts and injuries. It's difficult to get them there, but it's trying to get the incentive um, to get them back playing, you know, and training. That's the main thing. It's 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 hard, isn't it? Because, like you say, shift work, families. You know, there's a lot of people within the club who are getting to that age. You know, Tom Mitch is a is yeah. a, a young man yeah. with, a, with with a kid. Obviously, Liam mm. is about to have a child, and it's you know, a cricket net is not what you rear is not a priority when you've got a newborn baby or or a sort of a young family of one or two children. Um, but as you said. You know, or you're either going to try and find that bit of form you're lacking in the nets, or you're going to hopefully sustain the form you may have found out in the middle of the weekend. Um, and the bowlers, they might, Owen, you'll probably understand this better with your um, sort of education and what you've studied, but there will be a certain amount of fitness and injury prevention to come out of it as well, Owen. Yeah, big time, I think, mate. I think, yeah, we. When that started off pretty promising, like obviously when we first started doing a podcast, we had quite a lot of good plethora of people there. And then at the end of it, it started being like me, Mitch, Bailey, and then about five kids. So without trying to sound harsh, what are we getting out of that? Not a lot, to be honest. And then, yeah, I think it's just trying to... When I I find I get form, the best thing is when we played like these like midweek 2020s, I think you get more out of quite a lot out of them. So if maybe we could... Either we've got to try and start like a midweek 2020 league to try and use that as a net yeah. and game practice, or either try and make an event out of it, like a Friday night pizza and beer night. Uh, you have your net and you both teams train, and then you do a bit of team bonding at the club afterwards. Mm. And then you go from there. It's just trying to like making it like incentivize it to make it more appealing than just going there and running up and down for an hour. But yeah, like like you said, looking at it from a fitness and like biomechanics kind of standpoint, you're gonna get side strains if you're just running enough twenty yards once a week, aren't you? And no. that impact I tend, is... Yeah, I tend to agree with you, oh, because there's no substitute for a playing out in the middle, is there? Than right. just netting and hitting 
20 balls back on the same shot or whatever, playing out in the middle is is second to none, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if there is there the potential to, I don't know, sandwich of a potentially a bit big time for us, but is there potential to, to set up a, you know, a regular, if you could get two or three fixtures with Deal Vicks and two or three fixtures with St. Margaret. So, I mean, it's saying that playing the same group of guys, but if they're, if they'd be willing to take on the same, or if they were looking for the same benefits, you know, that competitive edge on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, even just a 50, you know, whatever you've got time for. Good. But, um, I, yeah, like Stu says, there is no better, you know, the best, you need that comp- competitive element. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can find that a little bit more, I don't, you know, people won't be available and people might get a bit fed up, but I just think, I think there was room for a bit more practice and potentially uh, just some more game time for for the younger for the younger guys. You know there are a few guys in the club who probably do have the time uh, yeah. and are they are the future of the club. Yourself yourself included there. I, I mean I'm not suggesting for one minute you haven't done your bit. You've gone above and beyond, mm. but uh, yourself and, and Tom Mitch and those guys. But there there's probably some guys of similar age to you who could maybe step forward a little bit more next year and maybe drag some others along with them. You'd like to think so. Like at the end of the day, like you're playing Kentley cricket, you kinda of gotta put it in at some like Saturday or midweek kind of game, haven't you? You can't just expect to rock up on a Saturday, try and bat bat fifty yeah. overs or bowl ten bowl a ten over spell. So you've put okay. it you've hit the nail on the head there, I think, for yeah. a lot. Okay, well, while we're here, I mean, they're, they're my thoughts. I mean, Ali sent me a little message. I'll just read it out <laughs> word for word because it's a quick one. He sort of, it, it's something that me and Stu have actually discussed as well. But Ali simply writes, we need an overseas player. Accommodation is required. A regular umpire, regular practice of warm-ups before game. The warmer way is not to practice and not to warm up. We need to change the way of thinking. Yeah. Um, we've, <laughs> pretty much, we've pretty much been over that, haven't we? Um, he brings up the point of an overseas cricketer. We know the benefits of an overseas cricketer. You know, what he can bring to the club, not in, only in his performance, but what he can offer in the terms of training for the youth. And, you know, teams like Sandwich, I've mentioned them again, but they really do know how to get the best out of an overseas cricketer. And Warmer have been brilliant over the years. Um, Stu, is there... Pot- I mean, accommodation is a big hang-up there. Is, yeah. is this something we can seriously consider for next year? I think that you've hit the nail on the head there with the accommodation issue is that I think, yes, I'm sure we can accommodate an overseas player next year, um, but we've got to have the um, person or persons available to put them up. Now, I know um, the last couple of overseas players, for whatever reasons, we won't go into that tonight, have have not come to fruition. Um but uh, yeah, if if we can find suitable accommodation, then I don't see there's any reason why we couldn't look for a good overseas player to come and play with us next year. I mean, it's something that I don't think that we can certainly put on the back burner and say no, we're not going to do it. I think we we need to be positive. We need to look forward, and if we can accommodate one, then I think we I'd be all for it to have one. Yeah, and that's that's something to be you know. A lot of members will listen to this podcast and I'm sure it's something that will be uh, discussed at committee meetings. So, you know, we Mm -hmm. can keep track of that and hopefully something comes of that. So 
The other points that Ali made, we've already discussed. I mean, practice, uh, warming up, we went over. I mean, I used to hate warming up, but a few a few catches, you know. I, I have to say, I did pop up and watch a couple of the Kent League games at home. Uh, and the level of enthusiasm, shall I say, in the field, or perhaps just the level of fitness in the field amongst warmer CC. I've seen better in previous years, though. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. It's just like a culture. We spoke about it before, haven't we, on the pod? Mm. Yeah. It's just a culture change. Plus, you wouldn't go into... Because like, I, I play for warmer, like, I'm used to just sitting there eating Harry Bows and, <laughs> and plastic before, man. But, like, yeah, like, like as a sport, like someone that's graduated for like a sports science degree, like mm. evidently you're meant to warm up before playing sport, aren't you? Even just, I even just try and like do a few like keep up as well a ball before I go out and bat. No one, no one has a hit, no one has a bowl. Like so, yeah. Perhaps we might see a bit of growth, like lineal growth, perhaps if we do start doing that. But you just have to take the the ego knock on the head and mm. crap. I think for that pal, like yeah. I think I think next year potentially, you know, it, it's this is sounded with some with some very minor adjustments to a little bit of preparation. I think you could potentially see some like some huge dividends from it, really. Uh, and it's nothing we're you know we're all grown up big enough to suggest that uh, you know we're not too old to change. Even Stuart, what are you now? Thirty six, thirty seven, Stu. Well, yeah, just uh, add a nearly twenty onto that, and it's fine. <laughs> Fifty three this year. Fifty-three. Um, well, I, I think that's. Uh, <laughs> but I think... no, yeah, I'd be more than happy to to do a bit of training beforehand. I mean, we're not talking about kicking the ass out of it, running laps around the boundary, and just do some some catching practice. Just the bowlers do some bowling warm ups because um, if you're not warming up properly before a game, then you're going to get injuries. And uh, I think it's it. You really need to be doing that. I'm, I'm guilty as much as the rest of them. Like I say eating Harry Bows and all of that. Yeah, definitely. We we need to get there on time and then play as a unit and work as a unit because there's no I in team. There you go. Yeah. Um, well said. Uh, is there anything, um, before we sort of start having a look at Stuart Milroy's international all-time play <laughs> with 11, uh, is there anything you'd like to add, Stu, with regards to last year, your sort of thoughts as, let's say, one of the senior members in the dressing room? Is there anything else you'd like to sort of put out there it could be good bad you know hopefully it doesn't sound like we've just moaned for the last 20 minutes of this pod <laughs> we will get on to some positives i've got some very positive thoughts written down in front good of <laughs> um no i mean yeah it was a it was a tough year um we had lots of availability issues as we said we've had lots of injuries as well um we won't go into them individually but um, it was a culmination of of all of that, and uh, obviously not winning ways, the positivity went downhill. And uh, the note that I put there on, I know for later, but uh, but winning promotes positivity, and that's so. I think we've got to sort of almost put that on the back burner from last from last season. I think, yeah, it's happened. We've gone down, but now we've got to look forward. We've got to look for the future, rebuild, and uh, move forward. Yeah, no, that's that's good. And Owen, anything um, anything from a a captain's point of view, obviously you, you you mentioned that the bit of a nightmare getting teams together, but I'm sure you've got many positives you will have taken away as a, as one of the club skippers, albeit on the Sunday, uh, yeah. the, George, the George Bailey 11, the George Bailey star <laughs> performing Sunday. 
Um, but yeah. offer, us, offer us some thoughts from a captaincy point of view, Owen. Of course, mate. All right. Fundamentally, like the level we play, you've got to enjoy it, haven't we? And most of the time, it's a pain in the arse during the week just trying to get get the squad filled. But yeah, I do. Like, yeah, every game of cricket you've played, you've got to think of it as a growth mindset. Are all the players around you getting better or are they regressing? You'd like to think, hopefully, most of us are progressing. And yeah, I think we just got to. It's so cliche to start rebuild, go again next year, we'll be better. And I hate saying it because I think it's a massive cop out, but. What else can you say? I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's on, it's on record now. You've said it, so we we can we can check in with it, can't we? Oh, uh, I hate when people are so media trained. <laughs> well, before we get before we move on to Stu sharing with us some of the superstars he shared a cricket field with, I'll just offer some North, some thoughts from Graham North, one of our guests. A fantastic <laughs> episode. Graham Graham came and joined me and Owen earlier on in the season, uh, and he's just written again. I'll read it nearly word for word. But copy pissed. <laughs> <laughs> And all Owen has to say is, uh, on the face of the season, although on the face of the season has been a disappointment with relegation and struggles with selection as a club in a whole, I think we are moving forward and in a strong position to come back from relegation better and stronger. Massive credit has to go to the likes of Bailey, Georgie puts first, Owen, Mitch, Los, Grigo, Stu and Liam, all who have done a fantastic job in all aspects of the club, from ground to selection, even with the struggles of selection. But being said, last season is, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, sorry, I've got lost here. There are many, oh, uh, there is many positives and things to look forward to in the coming years. So should, we should end the disappointment and be excited for the future. So many cults around all playing vital role for men's teams and contributing next year. They will be another year older and more experienced. We have an exciting extension happening at the club this winter, which will be completed before the start of the season. Eight starts teams will provide many trophies and funds for the club. I mean, we could that could be something to help, you know, when looking for an overseas player. Uh, so many things to look forward to once we're over the disappointment. We will be in Division 2 of the Kent League in six years. So, if you're anyone fancies a bet, <laughs> there you go. Graham North, scorecasting or whatever you want Cheers. to call that. Um, I've got nothing else to say now. He's taken all my notes. <laughs> but, I mean, what I would take away from that is there are, we've mentioned the likes of Owen and yourself, Stu and Liam, doing a fantastic job. With injury, but as Saturday skipper. But it's the likes of Lawrence and Grigo and the, mm. the, the, the female Grigos, you know, who all do the fantastic work behind the scenes, isn't there? I'm sure there's people like uh, Sarah, Lawrence's Sarah, you know, helping up, you know, probably the girls of... I don't know if anyone's lost any weight up at Warmer this year without all those fantastic tees laid on or they haven't been able to do so. But that was nice of Graham. And, you know, he mentioned the word disappointment only four times in one paragraph. But I think think he was trying to be very positive. Uh, He's looking forward to the darts. But, I mean, that that is going to be good, you know, from a revenue standpoint. So definitely um, some money in over the winter. Yeah, six six adult, six men's and two ladies, I believe. I mean, obviously we lost all of last winter's through COVID, so we couldn't have that revenue. But the, the figures showed from this the winter before that we were our takings were up by two thirds. So that's going to be a, a massive help for us um, for the future for next year for the extension. Um, I know we'll perhaps talk about that later, but uh, yeah, it's a massive massive bonus for us. 
Yeah. Right. Um, let's go on to some fun stuff now. Stu, as, as me and Owen, you'll have listened to the podcast. A few of us have gone through warmer CC all-time 11s. We've gone through some other types of 11s. And we asked you to come up with the all-time 11 that you had shared the cricket field with. Um, mm-hmm. And you came up with um, quite a selection. Like I say, 228 test appearances in there. Uh, <laughs> one short of 200 one-day internationals. Um, just set the scene for us before we go through, Stu, because you were obviously playing a rather higher level of representative cricket as a youngster. Um, mm-hmm. did, that, did you start off, uh, obviously... A football podcast I did with Ali. You guys, were you born down here or were you born up north, Stu? No, I'm a, I'm a northerner as well, but I only came down here. I think I was ten months old when uh, I came down here. So hence, uh, yeah, I'm I am southern through and through, but born in the north. <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you grow up? You grew up playing sort of local cricket, and and were these acquaintances that we're just sort of going to mention soon enough? Was there so was there some young Kent cricket? going on sort of under 13s under 14 levels sure was it a bit older than that mate yeah it's um basically it's some of the some of them are through schools cricket yeah um, various representative cricket and then um moving on to the the sort of the kent seconds and uh and and also some local cricketers in there there is one there i will mention obviously i don't want to give a spoiler alert but uh, sorry <laughs> axel sorry axel you're not in it but i love playing with your axel you know what I'll you're not there you. mate I'm gonna. Um, I my editing skills are improving, and I'm gonna edit <laughs> some fantastic music over that last section. Some uh, some some highly positive vibes that Alex oh, Butler uh, has finally missed out on some yeah. all time eleven. I mean, <laughs> Owen, it took us what seven or eight episodes, but we finally got rid of him. He's only, he's, he's only been good from his thirty fourth to thirty sixth year. <laughs> Exactly. He wouldn't have been born with some of these I've played with. So, um, Stu, uh, I'm going to hand the mic over to you, shall we say, uh, and talk us through. I've got a a few stats written down because uh, I was privy to some of the cricketers, you know. Yeah, uh, indeed. I would have... uh, Yeah, so so just talk us through it, Stu. Uh, A massive name at number one. Well, I was going to say, I don't want to sort of be a bit premature with this, but... uh, if we start off um, when I was at, obviously at Dover, I left Warmer and went to Dover for a number of years. Um, back in, I think it was 1991, a certain young Australian came over to play for us in uh, at Dover by the name of Justin Langer, who I think we all know now is uh, so has done rather well in his uh, cricketing career and now head coach of uh, Australia. Yeah. Um, he, he arrived over here, fresh faced, 21 year old. And um, from from the onset, he was just outstanding. He would we talked about training. He would be at Crabble every single night, bat and ball against the wall, hitting balls. There were people wanted to throw balls down to him, and he was just unbelievably unreal. His his dedication to playing the game and his commitment was second to none. You know, and uh, he scored. I think. He was the first one in the Kent League to score a thousand runs in the in the league, thousand and thirteen, I think it was. Um, okay. I, I think I was the nearest to him with three hundred runs. So right. you know, it was unreal, unbelievable. 
So he was he was probably averaging sort of eighty to hundred in that season. I mean, I don't know how many fixtures you'd have had back then, but um, yeah, I could well believe that. Yeah, easily that, and obviously not just that, but any other cricket he played, he was just oh, he always wanted to try and get himself onto bowl, but I didn't always bowl him. We did fall out a few times, but um, not a <laughs> problem. He was a ultimate professional. He was. Yeah, I mean, I heard a few. I, I, I'm a bit younger, but I heard stories that you know, on the odd occasion that he might not have, have made many runs, he'd pop on his his tracksuit bottoms and a heavy hoodie and sort of run laps around the track. Is that is that just a is that just a local rumor, or did that actually no. happen? To you? No, I think that happened on one occasion. He um, he got out for single figures or whatever it was. He was uh, every, swearing everything under the sun, and he said. Skip, is it all right if I just go off and have a run? I need to sort me so sort me head out. I said, you crack on as long as you're back for the uh, second innings. I'll see you later. And, uh, <laughs> and and off he went. And off he went. And that's just his dedication. How he was. You can I mean, see he was going to make be a fantastic professional. He's he's gone. I mean, he went on to play 108 Test matches. He he played eight One Day Internationals, which surprised me. I mean, he averaged. I haven't got his average, but I mean, he averaged yeah. somewhere between 40 and 50. He's currently head coach. I mean, I actually thought he came across quite well on that uh, the Test or whatever the Amazon TV mm-hmm. uh, series was. Um, yeah, he's he he's not been taken to too well in the Aussie media as of late, but no. um, but but. I mean, what a what a fantastic young man to to share a season with, and yeah. um, obviously I've got your eleven in front of me, Stu. Um, yeah. So you're you're going to open yourself up with him. Well, uh, yeah, with... it was uh, back in the younger days when I remembered how to use a bat, other than I did this year. Um, yeah, I was a, uh, I would uh, I would open with him, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a case of uh, he'll he'll bat five balls and take the single and count to five and hope you have the uh, you carry on there then Justin <laughs> and you're uh, I mean I'm not spoiling anything I'm going to leave all the reveals to you but I yeah. mean your next your next two you've gone you've gone left-handed top heavy at the uh, top of the order but the next name you're going to mention is a bit of a Kent legend and he's gone on to to do quite well in the coaching world so so talk us through your choice at number three Stu well yeah another one um it's more when I was uh playing a few second team games that uh, Matty Walker he used to, I was open the batting with him. What a lovely, lovely guy. What a majestic left-handed bat he was, you know, batting with him. The little barrel, and he still is. He won't mind me saying that, but yeah. uh, unbelievable. Really good character in the dressing room as well. I mean, a stalwart of the sort of Kent top order for many years. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, Check some basic stats. Yeah, you know, he played 223 first class games, which is a is a long career. I was quite surprised to see that he only made 2800s in that stew, but he was Oh really? You would I I I remember watching him. I never went to Canterbury much, but you know, what we always had Sky TV at home, so I watched a lot of cricket and Kent used to get a you know a reasonable amount of coverage. And mm. watching him bat, I always got the impression is you would never have known if he was on one or one hundred. He just always looked. Yeah. He always looked in form. He he, mm. he 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 did used to. You know that he got out quite a lot. But I could have watched him bat for many an hour. Easily, yeah. No, he was. Um, I say his his extra cover drives and drives were majestic. 
Uh, well, if we go down to the next man, talking of cover drives, etc. Uh, well, yeah. A, a left-handed bat who, who made a huge impact actually on the international scene and again has gone yeah. on to make huge step, strides in the coaching world. But let's talk us through number four, Stu. Yeah, this was um, through the schools when I, where we played sort of representative cricket. Um, South of England schools back in the day. Um, I think it was the under-16 level. We, um, it was Graham Thorpe. We, uh, we opened together against an Army 11, under-25s. I can't remember whether it was probably at one of the, the garrison grounds um, for the Army. And some of the older listeners may well know, not the younger ones won't know, but Matthew Fleming, Kent player, Jazza. Yeah. He was, he was opening the bowling for the, uh, for the Army. And uh, I played with him a couple of times at the county ground, you know, for the seconds. And... Uh, I didn't get one ball that was anywhere near my half. Every <laughs> single ball, he tried to knock my head off. And every time he bowled, all he did was just a big cheesy grin and look at me. And uh, he was just trying, he was just top bloke, Jazza, as well. But Graham Thorpe, well, again, what can you say about him? His, his track record speaks for itself. Well, Unbelievable. I mean- he played 100 tests and he would have gone on to probably play another two or three series, but of, he famously got um, left out yeah, for, oh, a very, yeah. for a very talented mm. young Kevin Peterson. Uh, and well, uh, yes. as luck would have it for England and not so lucky for Graham Thorpe, obviously KP went on to become our, one of our all-time leading run scorers. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, but Thorpe again, probably one of the batsmen I would have being the age I am, he was, you know, I used to love watching him bat. And his sorry teammate, actually, uh, Mark Butcher, you know, was a bit yeah. more flamboyant. But Graham mm-hmm. Thorpe was the, I mean, and watching Thorpe bat, you know, he very much reminded, in the one day scene, he reminded me of sort of Neil Fairbrother. He played that role when Fairbrother mm-hmm. retired. Um, and yeah, well, what, like, what, what can you say about I don't like seeing him on the telly now with that silly Australian twang that he's got. <laughs> but, um, but coming in at number five, so if you've got Matt Walker in your side, uh, yeah. so there's probably not much left on the table at T if Matt Walker's in the 11, but you've got another little barrel <laughs> coming in at five, Stewie, but, but you've got an all-round barrel. I've got an all-round barrel and uh, absolutely great guy that I've known since about the age of 13, 14. We played schools cricket together. We played under 19 county cricket together and then obviously went to... Uh, played a bit with him in the second team, but he went on a lot further, as we know when I name him in a minute, to play Kent and with England, was Mark Elam. Uh, I've, I've met Mark a couple of times, uh, and I've actually been coached by his dad, Alan, who, who was yeah. a fantastic man. Mm. Uh, used to tell me off for my inability to play the short ball as a as a 13-year-old batsman who didn't like the short ball very much. He once told me in the nets that I'd be no good if the West Indies turned up <laughs> to play next week, at which point I told him that if the West Indies turned up, I didn't want to play. But uh, but sorry, I've hijacked you there. So Mark, but, no, that's uh, fine. Again, Mark, Mark uh, only eight tests, 64 one-day internationals. He'll probably be, be remembered more as a one-day cricketer, yeah. and sadly as a maybe a bits and pieces test match player. But, I mean, he was, again, a brilliant cricketer. He had one of the best eyes in cricket for seeing a ball. Um, he's hit the longest ball I've ever seen hit. Um 
absolutely such a strong guy. Um, see it hit it. He put it um, at, at Canterbury right over the stands. Um, I've never seen a ball hit so far. Um, but again, the nicest down-to-earth guy you'll ever meet, as a, were the whole family with Alan, uh, his wife Sue as well. You know, it was such a really nice family. Um, and, you know, I've, I, if I was seeing tomorrow, we'd, we'd stop, we'd chat, we'd have a... We had a great time together. So, he, but he's gone on to um, he's gone on to good things. Uh, coaching as well. He's I think he's I'm not sure if he's um in the county now. He's moved up, but he's uh teaching in schools. I think he was, wasn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I heard that. Uh, I can't remember. Mm. I was talking to someone last year. I think so. Time with him, but he's he's described as you know you've described him as a thoroughly fantastic bloke. Um. Guy coming in at number six, I've heard described as not such a nice bloke by some. But, I've got a couple um, of notes here, yeah. But that might just be... I mean, I, I've experienced this man on one occasion, who I, and I didn't particularly think much of him. But, I mean, he was a fantastic player, and he was an excellent skipper. What did uh, he so do next, Talk us through number six, Stu. Well, I've got to, I've got to put a wiki keeper in. Obviously, we need somebody in there. I think the notes I've put down here are... Feisty, never shy of a word or two. Um, <laughs> was was Steve Marsh? Now <laughs> he's Gore Court as well. He used to play with Martin McCaig at Gore Court, and those two together were unbelievable. The the things they come out with as well. So um, yeah, I don't think there's a lot that I can air on the uh, on this podcast of things he used to say. But uh, yeah, he was never shy in having a word at the batsman uh, if he'd. Uh, yeah, he was a. Uh, Feisty young character at the time. Uh, he he I mean, played a bit this year again, you know. He'd come out of retirement. Did he? But Gore caught at the back end of the year when they were trying to stay up. Him and his son started playing. Ah, right. They don't, they don't like each other, though. What, him <laughs> and his boy? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, uh, we're, we're going to move into to your bowling section now, Stu. And a guy... Yes. A guy, I don't know if he was the last Englishman to take 100 wickets in the championship, but uh, I don't think many have done it since. But but you've got a spinning option at number seven and, and another another Kent player. So go for it, Stu. Yeah, another Kent player, another who I played uh, schools cricket with as well. And then um, second 11 cricket is a brilliant left arm spinner is Min Patel. Yeah. Yeah, uh, love only, only two test matches for Min. but Only but- two. Hugely successful county career. Very much so. And, uh, yeah, he, what he could do with the ball was uh, was unreal. He was, uh, And it shows he's gone on to county um, coaching staff as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Min? Yeah. Uh, I Definitely. Think, okay, yeah. And I, I believe uh, when he stopped playing the, the sort of professional stuff, went on to score a lot of Kent League runs as playing predominantly as a batsman uh was he was he a talented always a talented bat Stu, or was that something he developed once he'd stopped turning the arm over do you think he could always hold a bat most definitely his uh, shots through mid wicket he could always hit through there and anyone who could hit through mid wicket you know he's going to be a good player so yeah. um county county cricket yes but when he was playing sort of he was a bexley playing there i think he was and uh, he would always get a lot of runs in in Kent League cricket, without a doubt. Uh, and your number eight, um, I, yes. I, I knew the name. I didn't know, I was unsure which 
uh, international team he'd represented. I wasn't sure if he was uh, if he, but uh, talk us talk us through it, Stu, and how you yeah. came across sort of sharing the pitch with this gentleman. Well, well, this gentleman um, obviously he did play for Kent. Right. He played for the West Indies, and uh, latterly he played for Lashings against Warmer as well. Oh, but okay. when I when I played with him, he was at Dover. And we oh, he came okay. he played with me at Dover, um, and that was Eldine Baptiste. Now people old older people will know that, but uh, a lot of the younger listeners won't have a clue what I'm talking about. But well, um, yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say he played ten tests and he yeah. also played forty three one day internationals. Um, I don't know much about him. Uh, he was a a quick bowler, was he, Stu? Or am I? Yeah, am I yeah, quick quick bowler, quick bowler that liked to bat, but. Uh, but was probably a bit more flamboyant. Well, being West Indian, he'd love to uh, tee off from ball one and he'd like to bat up the order whenever he could, um, certainly at Dover. Uh, but yeah, he was a, a a quick bowler and you'd have um, Eldine bowling one end and I had to put him in here, but you'd have Chris Penn yeah. for bowling at the other end, both giving it large to everybody and uh, with the likes of, you, you won't obviously, uh, some won't know, but Graham Mark, as well, you could imagine what the words were like on on the pitch. That uh, <laughs> when sledging in the day was uh, was proper, and it wasn't uh, like we're not allowed to do now or shouldn't do now, should we say? Yeah. It was proper proper sledging. So, yeah, he was um and he loved to play on the pool table afterwards. Out of my memories at Dover, we had a pool table there, and I was only 17, 18, 17, 16 at the time. And uh, we'd be playing pool for two, three hours after the game because he'd, he'd love it. Come on, he'd say, "Come on, man, we play pool now. We play pool." <laughs> he, he'd be brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and um, your number nine, we've got two local mm. coming in. But your number nine, I mean, he's just again. I'm forty-one, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember hearing about this man and. Was right, yeah. by many on the cap, many batsmen on the county circuit as potentially the quickest thing they'd ever faced. Uh, injuries cut the career a bit short, potentially, maybe a lack of form cut the career a bit short. But yeah. a lot of people won't know who you're going to introduce, Stu. There is some footage of him available on YouTube bowling at the great, 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 great master blaster Viv Richards. Uh, uh, yeah, introduce your number nine, Stu. Yeah, I will do. I mean, that you were going to say that about Viv Richards. Um, yeah, he was a. He came to Kent from Australia. Um, unfortunately, he suffered a, a stress fracture, I think, of his back. Um, but uh, his his name was Duncan Spencer. Duncan Spencer. He was only maybe five foot eight, five foot nine in stature. Tiny, tiny, really. If you think of fast bowling. But when I played two or three second team games with him, Kent second team games with him, I was scared and I was stood in the slip. <laughs> and, and I'm not joking you. We played one we played a game again. I think it was against the army again. And uh, this guy's gone to go forward to it. And the, and Duncan's bowled his bouncer. He's gone past his nose. He's turned around to look to the slips and gone, what the was that? I, <laughs> he didn't even see it. I mean, he was. we must have been... I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but 25, 30 yards back, at, I was at uh, third slip and thinking, Christ, don't edge it here. Please don't edge it to me. Don't edge it to me. I bet he was just unbelievably fast. That game I think you're mentioning about was the end of the season game at Glamorgan 
Kent. Yeah. Where Matthew, Matthew Maynard was playing as well. Yeah. And uh, Matthew Maynard was hopping all over the ground and he was making him dance. And uh, I, I, I was in the crowd watching that and it was unbelievable the speed he was. There was one, one quick comment I just want to say. Viv Richards was on the boundary and a lot of the Kent, Kent were taking the piss out of him, basically saying all of this. He turned around to them, quick comment, and he said, hey, man, that's why I'm stood here and you're sat there. And the whole <laughs> crowd went up in, up in and basically shot this one Kent supporter down. And it was the best <laughs> comment, best return rapport I've ever heard. And he just smirked, turned around and carried on. Unbelievable. But, yeah, Duncan Spencer, fastest person I've ever seen bowl. Wow. Uh, and you're number 10. Oh, yes. Not the fastest person ever seen bowl, but he may have taken almost the most wickets in certainly local cricket and Kent League cricket. Uh, we mention his name every now and again on the podcast. He's a very nice guy. Uh, introduce us to your number 10, Stu. Yeah, absolutely. Very good friend um, throughout the years. He came to played a couple of seasons at Dover as well. I think he was two or three. Um a, sta- a sandwich stalwart. I know that won't go down well with some other people, but uh, Mossy, Alan Amos, what an absolutely fantastic bowler. He, and he, he, like myself, turned his hand to Ospin. And, uh, but what a top guy. Brilliant bowler. Bold leg cutters, off cutters. You name it, he could bowl it. Um, absolutely fantastic cricketer. Yeah, fantastic cricketer. I mean, I've seen, I, I've played against him probably the last two or three years in friendly, well, midweek cricket when he was just sort of bowling the medium paces. Uh, and he used to, he used to tell, he, he wasn't shy of telling the youngsters off. I mean, I whacked him through no. the covers. I whacked him through the covers once. It was a wanky half volley. I whacked <laughs> him through the covers, and he gave me a bollocking. Of an course, ab- he would. An absolute bollocking. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, and then the next year, he was bowling his offspin, and I sort of leading edged him into the river, uh, and I got told off again. Um, so, but uh, he's he's a nice guy. Oh, he's a very nice guy. I mean, I've I've yeah. I, his renditions of uh, the wanker with white socks on always makes me laugh. <laughs> if um, if anyone on the tour party happens to be wearing white socks, he's he's very good on the microphone in that occasion. Um, <laughs> We've said before, we'll have to try and get him on next year because I think he'd be quite a good, uh, good man to have on the podcast. Um, uh, right, Stu, one, we've got one spot to fill. Uh, another local legend. Who's going to prop up the tail? Probably bowl 15 overs off the reel. Who's it going to be? Right, another local legend, very close to my heart, that I can't not put in my side, is big brother, Ali Milroy. Hey. Oh. You know... I've, he's got to be there with me, hundred percent. I've loved playing with him throughout the years. Obviously, not with my time at Dover, but before Dover, and then back, back to, back with Warmer with him. Absolute legend. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he, you know, he, he, he makes most Warmer sides, as do yourself, uh, Andy Burkett, and sadly my yeah. youngest brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I think in years to come, someone like Owen McGraw will probably start making these 11s. But uh, that's a fantastic 11. Let's just go through it again. Uh, I'll just read it off. So, yeah. 
Stuart Milroy is going to open with Justin Langer. We've got the Kent left-hander, Matt Walker, uh, coming in at three. The England legend, Graham Thorpe at four. Mark Elam to do a bit of everything at five. The ex-Kent keeper, keeper and skipper, Steve Marsh, at six. Min Patel bowling some spin at seven. El Dean Baptista, West Indies, at eight. Duncan Spencer, the quickest man Stu's ever seen bowl at nine. Local sandwich legend Mossy, Alan Amos at 10, and Ali Milroy propping up the side, but certain and probably propping up the bar afterwards. But oh, um, <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us, Stu. That was be you know, it's 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 fun to go through some of our local warmer sides, but but um, it's brilliant to hear of your you know your experience as a as a younger man, but playing some some. Owen, I think it's fair to say there's obviously some serious cricketers, but that would have been some serious cricket that Stu was involved in, mate. Very much so. It was a pleasure to listen to it. It's a lot better than my all-time eleven that I've played with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we can uh, we we can all tell everyone we know about who used to play with a lot of Test cricketers now. Let's move on to. Before we get into some little bit of other little bit of fun that I've asked you two guys to do, let's move on to a little piece that Liam Milroy wrote for me. Obviously, oh. Liam, Liam was down to or did skip on the Saturday first this year. He's uh, he struggled a bit with injury, um, but I asked him to put a few words. Uh, it will echo um, some of the stuff that we've been over already, but I'll just read it again. It's about a page, so hopefully it won't go on for too long, but. General feelings about the season are that we could have done better, but we never gave up. And as Owen McGuire would say, we're still in the fight. And we did fight until the end, but unfortunately it ended in relegation. A tough season played against a variety of teams, some that are made up of good quality cricketers and some that are paid large sums of money to play in the lower leagues. The weather played its part during the season with a number of games washed out and incomplete, which really hurts us at times, but also saved us on a few occasions after a typical warmer batting collapse. Standout performance of the season for me personally would be early on at Hull Park against Staplehurst. Warmer making a formidable total of 107. Little did he know at the time. Uh, all out. Uh, excellent mentality of not giving up and the best bowling and fielding performance of the season resulted in Staplehurst falling short of the total, making 105 for nine. Uh, selection has been an issue throughout the season, with injuries and availability being a massive issue, but every week we managed to field a side, and a massive thanks goes out to the selection committee, and special mention to Uncle Ali, who went above and beyond us, as you mm -hmm. to ensure a side was fielded, as well as travelling down from Swindon to play. My most disappointing game for me mainly, as I think it would have made a difference to our season, is being rained off at High House, though, requiring 50 from 20 overs and one period of rain for around 20 minutes halting play. Honestly, I think if we had won that game, we would have played with more confidence and our season may have been different, but who knows? The main thing we need to learn from this season and improve next season is to be more resilient with our batting. Dig in and be selfish. Don't think we need to set a big total of 250 every game because not all pitches play like Hull Park. Looking forward positively next year, I'm hoping we will be more competitive and get that winning feeling back. We should bounce back to Division 4 as we have the quality and team spirit. Finally, some shout-outs to Andy and Liz Grigg for their umpiring and scoring when at home. Lawrence for not only his ground preparation, but also taking over the captaincy. 
for me due to my injuries. Uh, fantastic words there from your mm. boy, Stu. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's, he's a fantastic young man, Liam. He, I'm sure he's going to be a fantastic dad uh, soon. Uh, I won't give him the bad news that we gave to our old Aussie pal the other day, um, that his life's going to be over and he won't be playing cricket for four years. But he's going to have no money. Um, uh, yeah, but um, I mean they were brilliant words. But um, Owen, you 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 know Liam as as a captain and as a cricketer, he he was he was he was missed during that period of injury, Owen, wasn't he? Yeah, big time, big time. You just miss out, especially you look at uh, how weak our batting was, uh, the way Liam bats. He can take a game away from bowlers at time, especially if you have him and Charlie up the top with the power play and how the league's structured these days. Yeah, we sorely missed and. When he does, he's obviously a pretty decent wicketkeeper that we found out this year, who's more than capable to keep the gloves. And I think it's quite good having a captain that's a wicketkeeper at times as well. So yeah, it's just it rings ring true of the season, doesn't it? Should have, yeah, it's just unlucky, but yeah, surely. Yeah. Well, let's go. Uh, let's move on to a little, uh, another little fun section. You know, we're we're coming up to an hour. We'll probably go to an hour and ten, hour and fifteen because we, you know, people. I think we'll get a few listens. People will want to tune in and listen to our dulcet tones after a month or so away, Owen. <laughs> uh, and you know, now that if if we sell it with uh, Stuart's all time test eleven, uh, who knows? The, you know, clickbait on YouTube or whatever, we could <laughs> get a million views. Uh, I ask you to both come up with some what we'll call alternative awards. They're, they're nothing too drastic. Um, I ask you both to come up with an individual performance of the year, an on-field or an off-field, you know, a spell of bowling or a piece of individual brilliance in the field, potentially an innings. Owen, if I come to you first, was there, was there a standout performance that didn't involve your your own flashing blade? Oh, I don't um, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a few that come to mind. I, I suppose that there's a few, but also not not a lot. <laughs> no, there um, is no. One, there is, but there isn't. Um, the no. first, I've got a few honorary mentions. Charlie Walsh's 150 retired against Margate. Granted, the granted the opposition wasn't great, but it's still just absolute freak show to watch at times. Well, let's just mention Alex Butler is still living off a hundred at Goodenstone. <laughs> Uh, that included uh, a fielder um, who wasn't the best and a fielder who was an under-13s female. And he still talks about it. Nice. And then I've got GB 60-odd at Tyler Hill. That was quite a quite a nice innings to watch. Oh, my hero, George. I'm saving George's words for the end of this podcast because I just love everything that George... And then my <laughs> performance of the year, because we won the game, for an individual standpoint, is... The guy who got the runs in Liam's mention. So I've gone for Kieran Marsh's 50 not out of 100 uh, at Staplehurst at home that won us the game against 18 points against the team that finished third. Mm. That is my performance of the year. Fantastic. Well well played, Liam. Uh, I won't get any awards made up, but I will dedicate... I will put a little post together on the social medias. And for Kieran. The... That was Kieran, sorry. Kieran's 50 not out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stu... Um... Anything that stands out for you, mate? Well, only for me, because obviously I only played Saturday cricket and not as many as I'd like to have played. Um, and he sat, well, not sat next to me, but he sat in the, on the podcast with us. Is I was 88 against Downham and Bellingham. Um, yeah. Was uh, 
was 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 absolutely brilliant. Um, apart from a uh, bit of over enthusiastic running to start with, oh, um, with with Loz, <laughs> but we won't go down that route, will we? I tell you what, he, as I'm... he comes chundering back in, Loz. I don't want to upset Lawrence, and I hope, <laughs> I hope he sees the funny side of this. But yeah. There's not many times you'll get over enthusiastic and Lawrence Mars in the same sentence when it involves <laughs> cricket. Surely. He started but... running at me, so I just carried on. And, yeah, <laughs> uh, there, there's, um... there's nothing that might beat your enthusiasm, though. I hope. <laughs> uh, let's spin it around then. Um, worst performance of the year, and I've asked us not to be too harsh. Okay, uh, but is there? Is there? Let's go to Stu on this one. Is there? Was well, there a particularly bad moment for you that either well, made you laugh or just a head in hands moment? Who are you going to hang out to dry here? I think it, I think it because it made me laugh. Um, it was away at Raynham. Um, I was probably laughing already, but. Uh, um, yeah. Liam, Liam and I were both out with these dodgy knees, um, so we went with the girls to go and watch as, as we sat sat down to waitress um, services and uh, gins and lager was flowing fantastically. <laughs> I think it, it was Joey, Joey Johnson runs up to bowl. Um, somebody shot him in the back of his leg. He's torn his hammy. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was Con- Connor Mack, wasn't it, Oh. Yeah, Connor Mac, Connor Mac, come in very kindly, come in to to play. Um, hasn't actually bowled for a little while, but thought there's only two balls to bowl in the over. Yeah, I can do this; it's not a problem. <laughs> um, at the end of the two balls, I think it was no disrespect, and I think there was a certain wicketkeeper behind the stumps, wasn't there? Oh, yes, mate. <laughs> who was who was that? Was that you? Oh, yeah, no, it was. We unfortunately the two balls after the uh, I think three, four, five wides of a wide and four went for eighteen. Oh, crikey. bless him! That's eighteen a- in two legitimate balls. So, um, needless to say, I don't think he bowled again after that. But uh, bless <laughs> him, right. bless him, he took it on his heart to 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 finish those two balls. But uh, yeah, eighteen off two, bless him. Well, 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 that man. Um, Owen, has Stu stolen your worst performance or have you got another one you can share with us, man? Uh, I've got George Bailey's Saturday duck run of, of six <laughs> my, my hero, George, what did he do? He got, I, I think he got, I think he went five first team games in a row of getting ducked. Oh, George. <laughs> I, I can forgive him. But, I can't. Um, no, you can't. I, I, no, probably fair. Um, well, I think I don't know if Stu's uh, maybe tipped us off to this one, but I asked for you to come up with the biggest jug avoidance. Uh, Owen, did you throw away a hundred with your eighty-eight? No, it was a, it, that game we got reduced to uh, we got reduced to what was it thirty overs, and that was eight. Yeah, you were not out, weren't you? Yeah, you just didn't get a chance to get to there. So no, in all honesty, no, he didn't throw it away. No, That's a sixty baller, I reckon. <laughs> uh, is there any? Was there any? Uh, let, let's 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 move on from that one. Let's yeah, I, I can't let's, think of one for that one, Stu. You've got one, have you? Oh, with well, Jerome's nodging, Jerome nodging, ninety one not out or forty overs against set markets at home. That is. Yeah. Was it? Was he ninety one not out in that game? Yeah, ninety one not out. Batted, batted right through. Ninety one not out. 
Right. Well, we're, we're penciling. There is an yeah. award. That's, there, that's, you've got to have that. I've still never met this superstar, Jerome. I'm no, looking forward about, to it. Speaking <laughs> the boundary was about 20 metres as well. All it needed was a couple of points, and he, he was there. Hat off. Had, Hat off do, the, uh... do you think he'd stumbled across that old Rod Cotton batting DVD in the dressing room? Yeah, not out, not out, not out. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking of dressing rooms, uh, you guys, just based on this season, uh, who's been the best in the dressing room? Who makes, you know, who makes, who goes out of their way to make sure everyone's all right? Who's always positive? Who, who can put a positive spin on even a warmer CC batting collapse? Let's go with you on this one, Owen. Uh, I've got a plethora of people, so... I've gone for GB, yeah, Bobby McAllister and Graham North. GB, Bobby Mac, and G North. Well, if G North's in the dressing room, mm-hmm. pants off. I'm not surprised he's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. And they're uh, they're all yeah, you know they they're the usual suspects. You might say. I mean, Bobby Mac, fantastic. GB, love him to pieces. Graham yeah. North, known him forever. A huge positive influence. Um, Stu, anyone you want to add to that list? No, I was only just going to throw Owen in the mix as well. He's Thank always you. positive. Always want to. You're always out there, mate. You're always positive, whether it's on or off the field. You want to. You want to bet us doing well. So yeah, you're always out there, mate. And. Moving on to the Shiny Kit Award, who has not really got their batting gear or bowling boots dirty this year? I mean, I put in the notes that you can't say me. But I've, is got, there... I've got a couple. Go on, oh, who? I mean, are these people who? I mean, you could have you could have taken this any way you wanted. Really, mm. you could you could name someone who perhaps wasn't as available as mine's. Uh, mine's Andy Finesse. Andy Finesse. Is <laughs> 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 <It's>, that <laughs> well? Is that due to a lack of form? I mean, Andy Furness would blame the rain. Oh, yeah, that's why. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd love... I, I, we would be good to get AF on. Um, I mean, the 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 unfiltered Facebook <laughs> legend. Um, I, I read his comments. Uh, he makes, I've known Andy for many years, did a lot of funny drinking with Andy. Spent a lot of time with AF. I mean, mm. he's 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 a funny guy, but um, yeah. So so more for the rain, Owen, or was it? Are you hinting at potentially he could have scored a few more runs when he had the pads on? Nah, more for the rain and for his reactions. For yeah, yeah. I, I think definitely for the rain and yeah. hearing his. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to add anything to that one, Stu? Um, well, not really. Apart from everyone. I think it's, it sounds like the Owen show tonight, but uh, everyone really bar Owen batting wise that in the in this in the first team really that just need to apply themselves more. It's been spoken about, hasn't it? I don't want to go on a downer again, but uh, myself included, I think I scored what eighty five runs or something, which is ridiculous. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so you just need to much much. We all know we can play better than we we can and did. And we just need to apply ourselves a bit more. You know, as I say, don't, don't think the next person's going to do it. You do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, and let's, you know, we've gone to 66 minutes now, gents. We had a bit of talk. So, so we don't want to go on much longer. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. just going to, I'm not going to let George Bailey have the final word, but he has offered <laughs> us a few words. 
So uh, he's, he's titled it, Here's My Thoughts. Mr. Uh, Cricket. Uh, Mr. Cricket. <laughs> he's given us a couple of, uh, he's given us a Saturday's ones right up at the Sunday ones. So oh, I'll, my just, I'll, just, I'll just read that. They're very brief. They won't take long. But this is Mr. George Bailey. Um, Saturday ones. To sum it up would be a poor season from us. Things might have been different had the weather not intervened, particularly in the position we were in against High Halstow and Gorecourt away was also rained off. Availability certain hasn't helped either. Three or four different captains adds to that too. Stats-wise, you'd probably say our bowling outweighed the batting, but only Mitchell and Stu had the wickets to back that up. Oh, was completely head and shoulders above all of us with some match-winning innings, but the rest of us failed to turn up when we needed to, and it really showed when O wasn't there, if I'm honest. But we have to now regroup and look forward to next year when we can rebuild and gain some confidence. I mean, I think that's that's echoed what we've gone over a few times today. Uh, with regards to the Sunday ones, uh, GB writes, the main headline for this is availability, unfortunately. Again, O was brilliant for getting sides together, most, but most weeks we were playing with nine or ten in the KVL. Rain probably played a part in cancelling a few games. The real positive of the season was getting Colts involved in senior cricket. A number of them stepped up and put some good performances in, which will hopefully strengthen the club in the future. Try mm. to be positive, mate. But to be honest, with the weather, COVID in our performance, it was quite difficult. Smiley face emoji. Um, so that was <laughs> the legend that was GB. Uh, again, yeah. thank, thank you to everyone who contributed, you know. Um, and it has been brilliant from my point of view or my standpoint. It's been brilliant, you know, me being involved within the club again. I I'd like to say I, I, I would one day again be an active member playing, but mm -hmm. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And, it, it's, and it's certainly not going to happen on a Saturday. Uh, I mean, you've got more chance of getting me to take up rugby, Owen, than going up to play Bexley or Catford uh, <laughs> on a Saturday in July. But um, I, I believe it's been a positive season. Um, we have mentioned availability. We don't want to keep going over it. Um, but that, people, keep, people keep bringing it up. Um, hopefully, like Stu said, you know, an overseas would be hugely beneficial. And if we, if we sort of just discuss that point quickly before we go, I mean, if, if, if we could come up with something, Stu, uh, it would be a massive benefit. I mean, I think the Colts, uh, it would probably reinvigorate some of the, the more senior mm -hmm. senior guys. And if you had, you know, I think the likes of Kieran and Owen and George Bailey, that sort of age, that sort of generation, mm. I mean, to have someone like that around, someone of their sort of own age, possibly, you know, maybe another Grant Hughes. I mean, Justin DeBella was fantastic, but I mean, mm -hmm. Grant, Grant Hughes offered the talent and the... Maybe the camaraderie, if that's the right word. You know, he was he fitted right in with myself and Northy, and he fitted in with everyone. But he he, yeah. he was he was our age, uh, and he was just what perhaps perhaps what we needed. We didn't need him on a Saturday night out stealing all the local women. <laughs> but um, but um, let's hope we can make some positive strides on that. Um, Stu, if I come to you, is there anything you'd like to wrap up with before I before I let Owen wrap the final pod of the season? No, I think so. I think you've covered most of it. I just want to, you know, um, for next year, we've mentioned, touched on about the extension for the club. 
that's going ahead um, starting uh, beginning of January. That should be ready for the new cricket season. So we're going to have a much bigger function uh, capabilities at the ground. So that's going to bring new people there as well. Um, I think it's just all looking really positive for next year. So um, I can't wait for it, to be honest. Fantastic. And Owen, uh, this might this will be the last warmer pod of this cricket season, but hopefully we could get together in the off season for some some fun cricket talk. You know, if we if we are lucky enough to get an Ashes cricket series, yeah, we, can, yeah. we can we can get Ed to join us from Australia. But uh, just 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 wrap up. You, you know, me and you are the joint hosts of this podcast, though, and I am eternally grateful for you. You know, tuning in every week and joining me and uh, it's obvious that Warmer sh- should and are grateful for your efforts uh, up there but just wrap it up for us mate a few of some of your wisest words mate oh thank you. I'll just uh, ask you ask you everyone's kind of uh, feelings and just thank you very much for giving us the platform to try and uh, get a bit of crack and get a bit of uh, like enthusiasm to the club all this kind of stuff hopefully should have a knock-on effect and kind of create a bit of buzz and atmosphere like you said and create a good kind of culture so that's the reason we're doing it and yeah just appreciate the the airtime on henry weston me old mate yeah well mm-hmm. henry weston's old mate mm. the warmer chronicles they will continue um next year i hope you know if anyone's been following my other podcast i'm not going to plug it but we are we have ventured down youtube videos as well uh, yep, simply with us simply with us on the screen so next year it's very easy to do on skype so we will hopefully be able to offer uh, both the video and the audio option if you want to see our smiling, <laughs> balding mugs on the YouTube, then you can do that. Um, what I would say is feel free to share the links, guys. Anyone listening to this podcast, come up to Warmer. Yeah, we like sandwich, we like deal Vix, but come and visit. But Warmer. We are the Warmer. Yeah, you we are the Warmer. You know, bring yeah. your kids, spend your money. Um, thank you Stuart Milroy thank you Owen McGuire thank you to everyone who has listened Uh, that's a wrap for Warmer CC 2021 cheers one final thank you to everyone who joined us on the pod as a guest we had Ali Milroy George Bailey uh, Jared came along youngest butler Axel came along who else did we have? Graham North was fantastic. Uh, Stu Milroy tonight and Captain Liam. Thank you to you all for coming along. I hope everyone can get back and join us next season. And new guests are always welcome. Hit us up uh, on Facebook, any of the warmer social medias, or get in touch with me or Owen directly. We would love to have you on. Ideally, Cricket Talk. But if you've got any other podcast ideas, hit us up and we can put something together. Thanks again, guys.